My biggest fear would be when the first comes and I don't get the rent. I found that my tenant had dumped concrete down my toilet. Can you believe Fair Housing fined me $5,000 for that? How do you onboard your tenants? What do you do? I don't even know if I do it right. If you're a landlord, don't just rent, rent perfect. The Rent Perfect Podcast with property expert and private investigator, David Pickron. Well, as always, welcome back to another episode of the Rent Perfect Podcast. Scott, how are you doing today? Amazing. Scott, Vice President of Rent Perfect, is joining me for this podcast today. We always appreciate you joining us. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Hey, I think something that we should ask people to do right now is just subscribe. We've got a really... We've got a lot of content coming this year. We've, we've laid out our whole marketing strategy. Yep. And, you know, this is content that I don't think you and I need. No. This is content that we're trying to share with that new landlord or that landlord who's struggling or someone who quite doesn't understand maybe what's going on legally with the eviction moratoriums. with, And it's just looking for content to help them manage. So, yeah. so subscribe, and uh, we will send so much stuff to you. I also welcome people on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page. We're we're doing quite a bit there yep. too. So there's my shameless plug for the Rent Perfect <laughs> podcast and social media. Scott, how are you doing today? You know, I'm not doing too bad. We are six weeks into 2021. Okay, which uh, it's hard to believe that's we're already six weeks in. But and I'm looking back at kind of 2020, um, and is is 2021? Is it really our rebound year or our bounce back year? I think so. You know, you I and I are both. So. We're, you and I are both big golfers, and so we know in golf when you bogey a hole, you're always looking to bounce back on the next one and par or better. Right. So for me, 2020 triple bogey, 2021 birdie. Let's, let's have a birdie, birdie. But I year. think this can be a rebound year, even if we're still getting some craziness, because I don't think the craziness is going to go away. I think. I think the government got its nose under our tent mm-hmm. and, and is saying now anytime that there's going to be any kind of catastrophe or pandemic, where do you think they're coming next time? Oh, yeah. They're, they're riding in on the white horse saying, uh, we will rescue you. Yeah, because they saved people from evictions once. Why wouldn't that be now a game plan for, yep. for future, right? Yeah. Oh, the truckers striked. The grocery stores aren't having a lot of food. Um, eviction moratorium. I mean, right? So cold, cold freeze coming across the whole country. <laughs> eviction moratorium. Eviction moratorium. Yep. Um, so we need to get some, you know, legislatures on our side to say, you know what, the executive branch just just doesn't have the right to take over our private property. But hopefully we'll get there. I know there's some lawsuits going through Georgia, and there's some different things going on where we need to slap these guys and say, hey, listen, bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Um, life is life. This stuff happens. We can't shut the whole country down and seize property when we don't like to. Yeah. We're going on a year's eviction moratorium. That's pathetic. Yeah. It's got to end. So, but the reason I think this is going to be a rebound year, even though we still have some of the stuff going on, is because this is a time where we can sit back and reflect and say, how can we be better landlords, housing providers, whatever the word you want to say. Mm-hmm. I, I get nailed all the time for using the word landlord. I'm not going to change what I've been using for 50 years because to make somebody happy. Well, it's part of your English heritage, right? Yeah, it, you, you, you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Lord a and lady. You know, yes. yes, I'm a pickering <laughs> from, from England. Yeah. And that's the landlord. <laughs> and I, I don't care. I think I own the property. If I want you to call me Bob, I'll, I'll put right. Bob down yeah. there, right? It doesn't right. matter. If, if, we're getting, if we're getting so worried nowadays about 
words, what individual words we're using. And we have eviction moratoriums and landlords are losing thousands of dollars. I think we're kind of focusing on the wrong thing right now. You know, life's not that good to be worried about every little word that we use. But anyways, I think we can sit back and we can say, hey, listen, am I doing it right? So if I got burned this time, and today we're going to talk about how do you recover Mm -hmm. from a a bad tenant situation. How do you recover? If I got burned before, I'm in the middle of getting burned right now. How can I recover? And what can I do next time to put me in a better situation? The reality is, is you need to screen your tenants better than ever before because now that we know that the government thinks they have the right to do the eviction moratoriums, we got to make sure the people we have in our places can continue to pay rent. That means maybe... Maybe your criteria needs to go up on your jobs. Maybe mm-hmm. your, your credit needs to go up. And we're going to talk about that yeah. today. There's three things that we're going to talk about today. And I think we should just, just get right in. Jump it. right in. Yeah, let's, let's just jump right in. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the lead on, on uh, explaining kind of the, given the header of each of our three topics we're going to talk about okay. today. And number one is hiring a team of professionals. Um, most of our listeners are probably not prof- what we would consider a professional landlord. You own between one and maybe five or ten properties. Mm-hmm. You do this uh, as a way to make income and to uh, have an appreciating asset, but you may not consider yourself a professional. But there are professionals in the world of landlords or in property management, and it's critical to have them as part of your team, really, and as you kind of assemble your dream team. I think number, number one is to have a great landlord attorney. But when I say, when I hear the word attorney, I think of, Expensive, right? It's a dollar sign. You yeah, might as well just I think of okay. Yeah. Wait a minute, I'm not getting my rent now, and you want me to go spend more money, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say absolutely 100 percent yes, yes, because what you're going through, many many other people are going through it too, and where you're guessing and wondering, call the guy that knows, knows the law, knows what's coming and going, mm-hmm. spend a little bit of money to get his expertise, and it will save you in the long run. I can't think of I've, how many phone calls I've taken where a, a city, a, a state has come through with some kind of legislation. People call me, we can't do background checks anymore. And, and by the time we flush it all out through the attorneys, no, you absolutely can do it. Yeah. You got all you know worked up over nothing. So get to, you know, and just not any attorney. You have to go to a landlord attorney, you know. I mean, you're not going to go to the, the family doctor for heart surgery. Right. Go to a landlord tenant attorney yeah. who is up on this. And this is their life. Yeah, not your uncle who's the uh, divorce attorney. Right, right. You can ask him general questions. But, yeah, you want a professional landlord attorney who can guide you through really the, a, a challenging time right and, now. And the, the best way to find one is call your, your local real estate mm-hmm. investment association, your local RIA, and just say, hey, who's counsel for the lo- local RIA? That's probably the guy that they've gone out and vetted and vetted and helped and had teach and talk, wrote articles for. Mm-hmm. That's the guy you want. Yeah, not the guy who just is cutting his teeth. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, you also want to have a professional a mortgage broker, right, or, or some banker who understands your property and what you're doing uh, with, that, with that property. So I just re- refinanced a couple properties. Okay. Um, luckily, I was getting rent on the properties, but with rates being low, you know, it's maybe something you can look at that if you're not getting rent and you're losing $1,200 a month in mortgage, you know, maybe losing 800 to to $1,000 in mortgage might be a play right now. So look at your properties, yeah. have a professional mortgage broker out there and, you know, get that refinanced. They know whether it's an investment property, your personal property, what rates are, what down payments are. Um, definitely check that out. And, sure. and I think hand in hand with that, another another professional to align ourselves with is a professional real estate uh, realtor, right? A real estate professional who 
can look at and say, you know, is this property right now, is this, is this top of the market you're going to get money for your property? Because if it is, this might be a time to sell. It might be. You might think that, hey, taxes are going up, capital gains are going up. You know, I've kind of maxed out in this neighborhood for a while. The economy maybe is, I mean, you, you, you could be thinking all this thing and you have to make that decision. You know, being a good investor, you've got to know when to get out too. Mm-hmm. And I love this industry and I want everybody to be landlords, but there is a time. If you have property in Chicago, if you have property in Seattle, Portland, get out. Move your money somewhere else. While you can. While there's still value there. Right. right? I mean, go to a more conservative area where they they believe in landlords' rights and property rights. Um, That's where I wouldn't put my money, you know. I I think the fourth player on on our list of kind of our dream team of professionals is to have a professional accountant. Now, you can talk to that on, on why you think that's so important to well, you as a Well, there's just different strategies, and, 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 you know, you can talk to them about taking losses. And, you know, if you make over a certain amount, you couldn't write off your, your, um, t- your rental income at a point. And so they just have all of these things where they can say, hey, okay, let's take losses this year. Let's take them against here. But an accountant can really help you, you know, know if this continues mm-hmm. and you can't get somebody out. What is the best way on your taxes to recoup s- at least some of the money? And there's another one I love yes, lately. The fifth member of the dream team. I love <laughs> the the collection agency. Okay. Okay. Right now, many courts are all interpreting. You know, you have these state laws and you have county, and then you have the federal eviction moratorium. Here in Arizona, I can just speak for Arizona. They will allow you to file the notice. They'll allow you to actually file the summons and complaint eviction in the court. But they will not allow the sheriff or constable to go out and remove the person from the property. You still get judgment against them. But think of this, Scott. Say my rent's $1,200, and um, I don't get it for a month. I go to court. I get my $1,200 judgment. By the time I get my $1,200 judgment, they owe me 2400 into the next month, right. and then 3600 And then do I keep going back, and I keep going back, and I you know, keep filing an eviction and spending all that money to do an eviction with an attorney just to get a $4,800 judgment? I would love everyone to have a collection company in their back pocket. There, There is no reason you can't send somebody to a collection agency while they're living in yeah. your property. They don't need to be out of the property in order to go to collections. They don't. Now, you want to keep in mind they're in your property. How are they going to leave it? How are they going to treat it? I mean, there are, there are things where you really don't want to make someone mad. They could cost you more money mm-hmm. in your property. But you also, I mean, I have a thing where I just don't want someone sitting in there kind of, you know, just giving me a nod and laughing at me that, I have control of your property, and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. So I want a collection agency sending them a 30-day noti- notice that they're going to put this on their credit. I want them to actually put it on their credit to protect future landlords. You know, you can't get evictions on credit bureaus unless you go through a collection company nowadays. So that's that's important to send these off for collections. And a collection agency might take 25%, 30% of what they collect. But it also allows, you know, it just sends notices to the tenant saying, you still owe the money, mm-hmm. and I'm still collecting. You pay today, you pay tomorrow, or you're going to pay by garnishment for the next five years. They have to know there's a consequence. And, and I know I'm going to get hate mail on this podcast, and they're going to write in the comments, you're, you know, landlords are so cruel and mean in such a tough time. Listen, we're not rich. We're just trying to make it too. Mm-hmm. And if you want to pick at me, if you want to get mad at me, go down to AT&T and Verizon and get mad at them that they're making you pay your phone bill, the same phone you're putting the comments on my podcast with right (laughs) go to walmart and pick at them that you just can't go in and grab anything off the shelf you know unless you're in san francisco yeah and (laughs) and, and that's true but the reality is is why should you get free rent you don't expect a free phone you don't expect free stuff i mean 
And then if you do expect free everything, you're never going to live in that society because that society is never going to yeah, exist. That's not so. happening. I so think for you, yeah, uh, yeah, collections and and for our listeners, we have a great podcast. It's it's a few months back where we had a collection agency professional on with us, uh, and it invaluable information that he shared there. So I didn't. I would point our listeners to you know scroll back through uh, our our YouTube feed and find that uh, and listen to that again. Yeah, probably well. our mo- one of our most viewed. Yeah, one of I think one of our most. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Podcast, yep, so. yep. So Dream Team has uh, a landlord attorney. A mortgage broker, a realtor, an accountant, and a collection agency. So I want to recap. But those are the five things that I think every landlord should have as part of their professional management team. So uh, the second topic we're talking about today is, is analyzing our onboarding practice. That's a fancy way of saying have a criteria. Yeah. And, right? and, and, and you'd be surprised how many of our clients say uh, criteria. I don't know what is criteria. Criteria is they show up. I see if I like them or not. And then I decide whether I want to rent to them. Yeah. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. If you're going to approve or deny someone, you have to show documentation nowadays of why you did it. It wasn't because they were white, they were black, they were familiar. You're going to get caught up in all of this discrimination stuff if you don't have a set criteria. And then you're going to really need that attorney we talked about just a few minutes ago. That's true. So, (laughs) So you need a criteria. And criteria is, you know, they used to be fairly simple. But, you know, you go back to that professional attorney and you run a criteria through that professional attorney and say, does this sound right? And now let me give you, I'm going to give you an example of a criteria. And I am more than happy to send anybody out there listening to this podcast our sample criteria. It doesn't mean that's the criteria you need to use for your property, mm-hmm. but it gives you an idea of kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay? I'd love you to share what, right. the, 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 what the new landlord typically has as their criteria okay. first. So new landlord usually shows me this criteria right here. The blank, sh- the blank slate. There's nothing, <laughs> right? Hey, I'm sorry. You know, we decided not to rent to you. Well, why not? Um, no reason. So if you don't have a criteria, you really are going to take the first person who moves in nowadays. Yeah. Because Every, everybody qualifies. Everybody qualifies. Yeah. And we do not want anybody qualifying right now, especially in, in, in you know, the position that we're in today. We need to be very selective, Right. And all of our properties are different, and mm-hmm. all of our properties should have a different criteria. But here's one of my criteria on one of my property. Um, it's a couple pages, uh, has a lot of writing on it, and I'd be more than happy to send this out to you. But I go over criminal criteria. Now, I don't want to read this whole thing. Yeah. It, it might put people to sleep, but this is what you need for each of your property. So I'll, I'm going to read the first one. Any felony relating to uh, or regarding a person property or drug-related criminal activity in the past seven years from the date of this the investigation rep- the investigative report to the date of the conviction, release from custody, or parole. Okay? So I don't want someone going to jail for seven years and then getting out and saying, okay, your criteria says no criminal history for seven years, and I haven't had any because I've been mm-hmm. locked up. Yeah. Because so we've my, seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my criteria says when you're released from prison or re- released from parole. Now, now be in society for seven years and show me that yeah. you're rehabilitated. And then I'll be more than happy to rent to you. Yeah. You know, but but you can't get in trouble when you're in prison, so that time doesn't count. Um, okay, so um, I also don't like diversion programs. Courts right now are, are doing all kinds of diversion programs. Okay, so go a year without another crime and we'll, we'll dismiss this and... They're giving these these guys so much benefit of the doubt in the court system right now. But I'm looking for behavior, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking uh, – wh- whatever the court did, did you do it? Now, an arrest record doesn't say you did it. It means that you're arrested. 
right? So when you make a diversion, you're actually saying, okay, judge, I agree to what you're saying and we'll divert it. You're almost have a presumption of guilt there, even mm-hmm. though the court says you're not, you're not saying you're guilty, but would you make the deal if you didn't do the crime? Yeah. I don't want to do 20,000 hours of community service. If you didn't do it, right? Right. You fight it. So right. um, I've got diversion in there too. Once again, you <coughs> might not, you know, I have uh, any misdemeanor and I go five years on this property. The reason we don't go over seven years is because fair housing cuts us off at seven years. And fair housing also says, if you say ever in your criteria, I will never rent to someone ever with a felony you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So take the evers out. Make sure you don't have any Again, hire there. that attorney because there's a lawsuit per, coming down yeah, the road at you. Yeah. So anyways, I'll be more than happy to send this out if you just hit up hit us up on the uh, comment section. So other than criminal, what, what other, just some just your bullet point there if, if you okay, would share those. I do eviction yeah. criteria. Okay. Um, me personally, I don't like any open evictions. If you've left your last landlord with an open eviction, you're probably going to leave me with an open eviction. Um, I don't like uh, unpaid rental collections. I feel like I want to protect other landlords. Mm-hmm. And if they left you and not paid you, they're not moving into my property until they go back and clear it up with you. Um, I do the uh, credit scoring criteria. On this one, I have 700. It's it's pretty high property. 700, you so you can buy a home. But uh, that's the person I'm looking for at, at this particular property. Other properties, I'll go down to 650, 625. It just all depends who's applying there. If you have a property in a kind of a rough area of town, you're probably looking at 550, yeah. 525. That's just who is going to be in that area of town. Now, I will tell you that most 700 credit scores I see do not have theft or drug-related criminal history. You you aren't, you know, great on your credit and then terrible, yeah. you know, in your personal life. Right. It, it seems like... Th- and I think we've seen throughout our history to get working together, right. there's a definite correlation there's between a correlation. Those, so, those two factors. You know, and that's one, if I had property in Seattle where I couldn't do a criminal history, or I had property in Chicago where I had to do the credit first, you know, a good way to battle this no criminal history is just to kick your your, your credit score up. Yeah. You know? Now, the government's probably going to come after your credit score next because they're going to realize how you're beating the system. Yeah. You know? But uh, anyways... And I, I also have a tenant advisory in mind. I say review the residential lease prior to signing it, review um, the rental property owner's disclosure form. Um, if this property is in the HOA, the tenant should review the CCNR. I put all that in there because when a tenant gets to court and he says, Judge, I didn't know to do all this stuff, then I say, well, Your, Your Honor, I gave them this form before so they, they even they applied. So your tenants receive the criteria? Even before they apply. Yeah, this isn't an internal, hey, this is just our measure. No, no, that's why okay. I'm willing to give it out. Yeah. Now this, I give this to my, my applicants before okay. their tenants, and I say, this is if you can't pass this, don't apply, because this is what I'm running everything off of. I used to, you know, that gut feeling, or mm-hmm. I liked them, I, I look at their car to see how clean their car is, or yeah. I go to their old home, and, you know, there's all these old landlord's ways right. of, of, they do, uh, of doing it, and I think a lot of those are very valid, but in today's legal world of everybody's suing everybody for everything get a document like this and live by it mm-hmm. and live by yeah. it yeah so don't don't let somebody go rent a mercedes Benz, put their best suit on show up yeah with a smile and the perfect yeah. haircut and that's my guy yeah and then overwrite right. your criteria yeah, and, and then, go yeah, oh and then okay yeah let's just put this away for yeah. this guy you don't, look don't, like you qualify don't, yeah. don't do it don't for do sure. it very important document so how are we going to rebound in 2021 <clears throat> we're going to get our house in order and we're going to do things the right way. So the next time a pandemic, um, you know, some kind of weather, hurricane, whatever, however, and the government says, hey, listen, we're shutting down evictions again. 
then at least we're going to have the best people in there. So I have not lost any rent on any of my properties. I'm having mm -hmm. one issue I might talk about later, but it's not Kay. a rental issue. Okay. But it is an issue. And, uh, and so I feel like I've done the right job in doing my criteria, you know, doing my background checks, making sure they have good jobs, and doing the right onboarding. And this uh, pandemic didn't really affect my investment uh, life. Mm-hmm. But if I was willy-nilly letting anybody move in, I might find myself carrying a few people yeah. right now. You'd probably be a little bit more buried. So. Right. Uh, our last last point today we want to talk about is, is uh, I think, maybe, maybe even the most important because this is a mental status, right? Remember why you became a landlord. And, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot, uh, you and I talk a lot about our families. And in my household right now, well, within my family, I've got three adult children. I actually have four adult children, but three are, three are in their early to mid-20s. They're all employed. Thank heavens, right? Happily employed. Uh, but there's not a week goes by where one of them doesn't feel the pain of, I hate my job. I want to be doing something else. And I remind them, remember that car you drive? Remember that roof that's over your head? I had uh, to have the car, Dad. I'll yeah, do anything. Right. I'll work two jobs. I'll, yep. i got to have the car. Right. Remember those two grandbabies <laughs> you're trying to put food in their mouth? Right. Remember why you're working. And in, in the, the vein of landlording, remember why you became a landlord? Did you become a landlord because you wanted to deal with headaches and, and just collect rent every day and that's what you wanted to do? No. Why did you become a landlord, David? Well, most people's wealth is in the real estate business. Well, even if you own your own home, you probably have some appreciation, yeah. right? So there's a show called Undercover Billionaire, right? They put a guy out for 90 days. They give him a truck, a cell phone, and 100 bucks in his pocket. And he has 90 days to build a company that's worth $1 million. And these aren't just regular Joes. These are, these no, are people no, who are no, super successful. These are guys who know how to do it. Correct. All three of the contestants in this show, that the one I watched the other day, chose real estate. Why did they choose real estate? Why did they go start an ice cream company? Yeah, or a coffee shop. A co or, right, 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 right. Because they knew that real estate can bring you wealth s fairly quickly, right? Mm -hmm. My son bought a home two and a half years ago. He wasn't super excited about the layout, and his wife didn't really think it was all that great. I said, guys, you're buying this home. I almost negotiated the deal without <laughs> them even having any say in it, you know? And now they have $100,000 at 22 years old in equity on their home. Right? What, where else would a 22-year-old get $100,000 yeah. in equity? And so the reason I became a landlord be, is because I can buy a property, have someone else pay for it. I might get a couple hundred dollars in cash flow. I get tax write-offs, and then I ride this appreciation. Now, not everywhere in the United States has the appreciation that we're seeing right now. I understand that. Yeah. But, but if you pick the right investment at the right place, you will, you will you know, have the most – best life in a way i'm trying to think of the right way to say it without really focusing on the money but being an investor is i have my time which is so important to me and i have wealth being built mm -hmm. without sucking up my time and so i think it's the best business in the world but there are days where i go i'm i'm kind of done should i sell everything and i mean there there are days in in many things in my life where i kind of just sit back and go uh what am i doing and you, you, endure, you endure a little bit. Right? You do. Yeah. Like right now, you know, I get this video sent to me the other day of this tenant's kid up on the second story of my roof pouring gasoline down to like a, a fire pit that they bought at Lowe's or something. And here's, you know, fire going up the side of my house. 
a 30 and, foot wall right. of, yeah. and so <laughs> i say to the lady listen you've been living here 10 years you've actually been a great when you guys moved in the kids were three four and five now there's five teenagers i sat outside the house the other night for an hour and a half just seeing what's going on with my house right. i had five sets of friends so there's 20 30 kids in and out door shut and i'm like oh there's a that th- this home is being used, you know, yeah. and abused and abused. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I said, you know, we might we might be done because the fire, I just can't see kids lighting matches and fire and playing with fire. Yeah. No adults around. I can't have that around my house. She says, well, I'm not feeling good. I have COVID. So she already knows. Right. Yeah. She already knows that if you try to evict me, this is where I'm going. Yeah. I'm hiding you behind know? this. Yeah. There's government a, there's fabricated. a little bit of hint. And so yeah. now I'm sitting back going, OK. I probably can get her in what we call an immediate, has nothing to do with rent. But what happens when rent's due? All she does is doesn't pay the rent and gets into a delinquent status and mm-hmm. now says, I've got COVID. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But, you know, we deal with it. Uh, we go back to all the great things about it. And I don't think the time is now for me personally to sell everything. But if this continues, if it continues and the government continues to make private housing public housing, you know, I'll have to weigh my odds then and yeah. say it's, it's, it's time to, to move on. But it, I don't think for me it's right now. I think we're going to clear this up in the next two, three, four months, and I'm hoping we get back to uh, normal and yeah. this never happens 2021 again. can be a true bounce-back year from, it can from be. 2020. So. No guarantees, though. No. <laughs> no guarantees, well, Scott, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you joining us on the Rent Perfect podcast. Hopefully, we've we've given you something today that you can think about. If you want a copy of this sample criteria, we want, definitely would ad- advise you to run it by your attorney. Uh, we're in Arizona. People listening to this podcast are all over. I'm going to make sure that's legal in your neck of the woods. And until next time, continue to rent perfect. <laughs>